Yes, yes, yes. What is up, General Strike Podcast family? We're back with another live show. It's been a while. The last time we were here, interviewed Ben Norton, talked about Brazil, Peru, China, a lot. And we have a lot more to get into on today's show. Uh, we're going to talk about the Starbucks unionization effort, along with sort of the overall strike wave that we're seeing in the uh, the working class in the U.S. We're going to touch on some international news when it comes to China and the uh, the BRICS institution undermining the U.S. petrodollar, especially with the Saudi Arabia and Iran peace deal. Plus, we have Mexico. Really, how do we say? Pushing back against sort of the U.S. neo-colonial control it's had on it for decades and decades. Um, the fact that we have AMLO speaking the way he is, we have also, you know, U.S. federal representatives stating that we should bomb the Mexican border. Shout out to Lindsey Graham. It, it's pretty shocking. So I can't wait to dive into that as well. Um, but like I said, first, let's hit into the Starbucks news um, as Bernie Sanders and the Senate committee had Howard Schultz, obviously the CEO of Starbucks uh, at a congressional hearing. Um, I hope we have more CEOs uh, at congressional hearings because, you know, the TikTok CEO, Howard Schultz, both are just great content. It's hilarious. Um, You know, Bernie Sanders kind of grilled Howard Schultz um, for some time. We're going to play sort of his last statement before the hearing closed. Frank in the chat saying there's no sound. That's always great to hear. Frank, do you hear me? Frank in the chat. Let me know. Do you hear me? I was just working earlier. Hmm. Hear me, not the video. That's odd. It should be working. Yeah, I'm gonna play it again. Let me know if you hear it, Frank. Let's get out of. Frank, do you hear it or no? Negative, really? Oh, no. Oh, no. Why is that not working? It's good to know. Thank you, Frank. Um, that's crazy because it's playing on my end and it's picking up on the mixer. Hmm. Hmm. This is peculiar. I don't know how to solve this one, especially live. 
Let me see what I can do real fast. I may just play in the background though. For me, obviously, Frank. And if it if it picks up, let me know. Gentlemen, staying with me for a second. Try to fix this audio issue. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Frank, do you hear us? Because if that either turned both of us off the monitor or turned Mike is good. Still no. Oh my god, this is crazy. I don't know why. I don't know why. I wonder I'm hoping you still hear me. Yeah, let me play. What about now, Frank? What about now? If not, I just talk and read all the videos I play. I just, I know I don't have sound. I guess. Sucks. No. Oh, my God. All right. Well, I'm not going to sit here. And try to figure this out at the moment. That's that's frustrating. But as long as you still hear me, um, I guess we're gonna run with it. Um, regardless, let's get back to it. It's gonna be a quicker show, I guess. Instead of a nine-minute Bernie video, you guys can listen to. It's just me. Um, like I said, there's gonna be no video, I uh, mean, no audio for uh, for this one. But uh, at least play it. And uh, Starbucks workers at 100 stores are striking again. Um, that happened, I think, a week or two ago. And I know because I was talking to one of the labor organizers. Uh, his name's Tyler, out from the sort of Los Angeles area. I don't want to give his right, like his exact location, so to speak. I know he was at the congressional hearing with Howard Schultz. Um, he was there in attendance. Um, they've been pretty active. In the local area, uh, I know us as the as the Communist Party are going to get more active with them as time progresses because it seems like this unionization wave within Starbucks is not going to slow down. And, and just overall, um, you know, I've seen this for some reason weird debate online, and I think it's just a really absurd debate about whether or not Starbucks workers count as like working class. And I think that's just utterly ridiculous. One, they get paid a wage. Like, literally, they sell their labor to somebody else that owns the means of production. It's it's textbook working class versus capitalist class situation here. Um, very odd to me. Um, the Starbucks workers, along with Amazon workers, um, and Amazon just spent $14 million on anti-union consultants. And even though there's been a little bit of a rift within Amazon labor union as of late. 
um i forget who put out an article it was a mainstream outlet but i know it was co-signed by someone that's an in-between of the two sort of factions right now within the amazon labor union <clears throat> excuse me that uh amazon the 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 union's still going very strong even though we do have that rift in the union um and amazon obviously owned by jeff bezos is going above and beyond to sort of stamp out this unionization effort that's now going international. Um, it went to the UK as the first UK Amazon facility um, voted to unionize as well. Sort of as we keep going through the, the labor str strike wave right now, uh, appeals court ruled against Elon Musk and Tesla that they were unioning and that they fired employees that were trying to unionize, which is against the law. Um, again, sort of, around um what should say a we have a few victories as the working class right now in the u.s that we can hold our hat to even though there's been quite a few defeats as of late um the new uh, uh united automobile workers union president has uh pretty much committed to a renegotiation if not a strike coming up against the major automobile and uh companies industry um and that's gonna be interesting to watch as well i know us within the party we've been told that that should be coming up soon disney world workers also unionized that's forty-five thousand people right there um and they got a massive raise in their salary um here locally in la there's a three-day strike with the la school support staff and custodian workers that was then supported by the teachers so we had over 60,000 workers that went on strike one of the biggest working uh, worker strikes uh in recent LA history um and they won a massive raise as well and overall um it, it has led to the actual teachers union threatening to go on strike as well so we might see another round of of strikes from UTLA and SEIU coming out of LA, uh, that should be interesting to watch. Again, you know, 60,000 workers striking is important to see, and it usually is quite successful. When we get that amount of workers all of a sudden just not heading in for the day or three days, it's significant. It, 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 it shakes up the capitalist class, absolutely. Um, To round out U.S. news as well, um, shout out to Communist Party members that were defending a terminally ill black woman that is trying to, uh, that was being forcibly evic uh, evicted from her home, um, and there was a quite a scuffle between the police, bailiffs, and uh, party members as well. I'll play that real fast. It sucks that there's no sound. It's very frustrating. I wonder what the issue is with that. Um, but shout out to comrades over there. Uh, Norfolk Southern's uh, huge profits go 80% to, uh, to the upper executive sort of branch of the company after the East Palestine train crash. Um, that has led to 
mass sickening of the population there and little to no uh, sort of recourse or recovery effort by both state and federal government. It's a huge tragedy to see. Um, something that's definitely in the the vein of like Flint, Michigan, where it's such an econo- uh, ecological disaster, and yet there's no effort to sort of save the people there. It's really, really tragic. I uh, also want to bring to attention People's World having a massive fund drive right now. If you can, go donate. Moving on. Uh, April 4th, Wisconsin Supreme Court had a critical um, Supreme state Supreme Court race that went towards the progressive side that most likely saved abortion rights in the state uh, and might be a sort of uh, blueprint nationwide to sort of stop the the GOP sort of takeover of the, the federal Supreme Court that has led to a lot of disasters as of late. Um, again, I was going to play this video by the uh, More Perfect Union touching on this as well. But since there's no audio, excuse me, there's no point in that. Um, speaking of abortion and sort of women's re- uh, reproduction rights, Idaho passed a law to restrict interstate travel for abortion care for minors. So if you had a daughter that wanted an abortion, want to go to Planned Parenthood, the state has outlawed you taking your family member across state lines to get that done. It's going to get crazy as it keeps going. Um, Chicago won a massive... Uh, progressive win with Brandon Johnson winning the Chicago mayor race. Uh, shout out to the sort of progressive coalition that that got him over the line there against somebody that was through and through going to increase incarceration rates in Chicago, increase police spending by a drastic amount. Um, you know, the the eviction crisis, crisis in Chicago and other major cities uh, was going to get increased under the other uh, candidate um, also recommend more perfect union has a good couple of videos on this as well. Um, again, check them out and it sucks. I can't play these speeches now, but there's been a quasi coup in the Tennessee legislator legislation, I should say um, as three representatives uh were under the potential to be voted out two out of the three have been for showing support to a gun reform rally that was organized by students within tennessee um and this type of legislative coup is going to be far more common uh in certain states and is a a, a deep worry and again check out some of the videos it really sucks that I, I can't fix this. I'm probably going to try to wrap up the show as fast as possible, actually, and, and and figure this out and come back again. It's very frustrating. There's a ton of stuff I want to talk about. Um, you know, I guess I, this would be a, a quick few-minute news. Um, in India, massive 10,000-plus communist rally in Karelia. Uh, love to see it. Love to see it. Oh, 
fantastic. It's amazing. What up? I see you. Hold on. Where is it at? Let's switch over to all chat. How you doing, man? How you doing, Heath? Um, we're having some audio issues with all of our videos, so none of our video audio is playing. So I'm probably gonna wrap up the show fast, and there'll just be a quick little sort of live stream back, back in the game, so to speak. Um, the Israeli Zionist forces have launched a terrorist attack against Alaska Mosque, um, and then proceeded to launch airstrikes against Gaza. Uh, and Palestinian liberation forces have thus reacted accordingly. Um, it's just another wave of of outright Zionist aggression, um, and it's 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 just outright genocide. Like it, it, there's no other way about it. It's atrocious, to be quite honest. Um, I was going to go deep into AMLO, sort of going against the grain here as a as a Latin American leader and a leader of a country that has historically been under the heel of U.S. imperialism. Um, you know, Lindsey Graham saying that we should, the U.S. should bomb the Mexican border because of cartels. And AMLO coming out right and sort of being honest and saying that U.S. is not a bastion of democracy. The fact that certain countries, including Mexico, have nationalized uh, energy reserves in certain industries is a threat to U.S hegemony and even though amlo is no communist he's clearly a social democrat and of the the the, the global south variety which means that it it puts it in contradiction with western imperialism unlike let's say the nordic countries um you know when we talk about uk under labor government stuff like that they're different because they're in, they're within the Western imperial core. Social democracy in the global South is is more of a national liberation variety, and that's just the reality. And Amlo speaks to that. He speaks to a more national liberation movement within Mexico um, that's been there for a very very long time. Now I'm not saying that we're going to get the the Zapatistas and Amlo on the same side, but that's a possibility as U.S. aggression heightens that contradiction, we might see a more united, broad front in Mexico. Uh, we already see Mexico's foreign policy accept a broad, united front with communists and socialists and leftists throughout Latin America. So domestically, that could easily change as well. Um, shout out to AMLO. Huge crowd. French Communist Party leader uh, leads workers in March on Macron's palace over retirement scheme. Uh, Emmanuel Macron, obviously, the French uh, was a president, prime minister. Who cares? Uh, he he wanted to raise the retirement age and basically forced it through after it was kind of shut down uh, in, in the fr French legislation. And... And has resulted in now weeks, if not you know months, it feels like, 
uh, French protests in the streets. You know, millions of people at this point have protested against Macron's government. And I think France represents always this uh, example of mobilization. It's important to see organization match it. Um, the French Communist Party isn't what it used to be and always had trouble, traditionally speaking. Uh, French communists always have sort of a stigma to them. Uh, but we see that they're taking more proactive stance, and that's good to see. And the left united movement uh, against Macron and sort of the neoliberal austerity of France is absolutely important and will be a vital lynch point in the struggle against international capital. Let's not forget the Francophone countries, the, the neocolonial control that France has over countries like formerly Mali and Burkina Faso. Uh, and and um, there's another one too I'm forgetting that have now expelled the French government and military. So we're seeing this rapid shift. And as the French imperial system collapses, it's not surprising to see that the domestic scene has taken on this sort of stance. Um, it'd be interesting to see, again, how this progresses. Um, because it the, 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 like I said, the mobilization of France is always something to behold, especially within the U.S. Um, but they still have a lack of organization that we have as well. Because where's the systemic shift here? Um, we still have not seen that. We still have not seen, we've seen some of it, like French protesters today taking control of Black Rock uh, headquarters. Um, you know, we see the Port of Marseille get shut down now for, I forget how long. So there's certain points where they we've seen them shut down segments of the economy um, that a real radical uprising would, would have to do. But at this point in time, this is still rioting and, and mobilization for mobilization's sake. Um, you know, systemic change needs to happen in France, just like it needs to happen in all the West. But uh, this reminds me of George Floyd uprisings, obviously not for the same reason at all. But in terms of mass mobilization, millions on the street, but there's not a political shift happening in terms of the balance of power. Um, at least at this point in time. Um, moving on, China's Iran-Saudi peace deal is a big blow to the petrodollar and U.S. economic hegemony, writes Ben Norton over at geopoliticaleconomy.com. Uh, Obviously, check out the last show we did with Ben Norton. Highly, highly recommend that. Um, China's overall peace measures are something to pay attention to. Um, there was some reports coming out about one of the stipulations of the Iran-Saudi peace deal that had to do with Yemen. I've seen counter uh, contradicting uh, reports to that. Um, and the, the initial report came out, I forget if it was like Bloomberg or something to that effect, that said that Iran had promised to stop sending arms and weapons and material aid to Yemen resistance fighters against the Saudi Arabian sort of invasion of Yemen and overall genocide of Yemen that's been going on for about a decade or so. 
Um, as far as I've seen, those reports are not substantiated, um, but that's important to sort of pay attention to, even for its own sake. But regardless, China has definitely taken an active stance here as a peaceful negotiator in the world stage. It also has tried to make peace between Russia and Ukraine. So at this point, uh, nothing has come of that, as we've seen in Iran and Saudi Arabia, which is absolutely important. These are two gigantic powers, so to speak, in the, in the Western Asian uh, region and have long fought against each other in proxy wars. Uh, you know, they've represented different sects of Islam, different interpretations of Islam, and different relations to Western imperialism as well. Saudi Arabia, even though, and in some fashion, is a neo-colonial, um, it's been neo-colonized uh, by the West, it's acted as a puppet to it. It's acted as a comprador capitalist class to them. While Iran has through and through acted in a adversarial way to Western imperialism. Um, while Saudi Arabia has usually backed Western imperialism, it's backed its invasion of other Western Asian countries. Um, you know, it's one of those things where these countries have really been at different poles of neocolonialism in that region and now they're at peace what does that mean i i mean it's way too early to tell but this has ramifications in yemen has ramifications in potentially the the, the palestinian region as well syria um you know this is this is massive and it's going to be important to keep an eye on it and on top of that obviously as the title of uh, ben noren's article states the the nature of all these countries, the uh, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, and there's a few others that have now basically agreed to trade energy reserves, material reserves and such, um, basic, basically capital exports um, to China and with China without using the dollar as the reserve currency. And already I've seen a tidal wave of Western pundits, Western economists admit that this is the start to the fall of the U.S. dollar. The ramifications of that in regards to inflation and superinflation in regards to U.S. foreign policy, how does how do we you know, react mil militarily to these countries now that are no longer beholden to us? These are all very important questions, and these are most likely going to be things that we see answered in the near future. Um, you know, the the empire is in decline, and this is now I would say the the definitive proof that it is that we have longtime allies of the U.S. like Saudi Arabia now agreeing to trade oil and other national um, resources not on the petrodollar, not on the U.S. dollar. And the petrodollar, basically all oil and natural gas commerce had to be conducted internationally on the U.S. dollar. So even countries that weren't the U.S. and trading with countries that weren't the U.S. had to trade based on the U.S. dollar. 
And now we have countries again that are national or natural resource giants like Brazil, um, like Bolivia, like Mexico, um, like Saudi Arabia, no longer trading on that. And on top of that, now applying to BRICS membership, which is the uh, sort of Chinese financial system, international financial system that is going to be run, running counterintuitive to the IMF, World Bank, um, U.S. Treasury Department and Wall Street, you know, finance complex. Um, what this, again, all means to the decline of the U.S. empire, decline of U.S. hegemony, decline of Western capitalism. Again, these are questions that we're going to see answered in front of us um, very shortly, uh, or at least it's going to seem like it's very short. Um, anyways, last little piece of China news. Um, the longtime leader of the uh, of Taiwan's new party and leader of the Taiwan separatist government has now been to China, says China is better than Taiwan. It's a wrap, guys. That's it. Um, cannot wait to see Taiwan turn into Ukraine 2.0. That's going to be hilarious to see the U.S. fail in that regard as well. But anyways, uh, I'm going to head out of here. Make sure to hit the like button, share the show, all that fun stuff. Uh, reminding everyone that we're back live uh, for Mixed Combat Radio as well on patreon.com forward slash trending now network. I'm joined by obviously Gary from Dallas and his outlet Texas Boxing Scene and Melody Joy from the beauty of boxing.com uh, on Mixed Combat Radio on Patreon. Those shows are uploaded for free after the fact on YouTube, um, but live on Patreon. This show, General Strike Podcast, I think I'm still going to do for live on YouTube for free and Twitch. Um, and Histories of, of Socialism, the documentary series slash book I'm writing. Next episode, this year at some point, uh, I'm, I am deep into the research phase of the Soviet Union. I've been reading nothing but books for days, months, years, it seems. Um, I'm also working on a video series for the Marxist-Leninist Reading Hub. Definitely check them out on YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram. Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, a lot of the videos they're putting up, I've been editing and producing. Uh, I love, love that. It's been a lot of fun. And we're also thinking about doing a Lenin series next year as well, since it's Lenin's uh, 100th anniversary of his um, tragic passing. Um, but anyways, without further ado, I'm going to head out of here. You can follow me, Matt Hunter, MCR, all social media platforms. Uh, links down below in the description all that fun stuff have a good one peace